Hi, I'm Jason Pritchard, and welcome to the EVTOR Insights Podcast, a brilliant show featuring guests from companies in the EVTOR aircraft and urban air mobility markets. Throughout each episode, we'll be finding out about their exciting projects, which will help revolutionise the way we travel in future and get their insights into the current state of the industry. In this episode, I'm joined by Corvin Huber, CEO of Skyroads, formerly D3 Technologies. Corvin is a multiple company founder, board member, and a team builder with innovative and convincing concepts. In his extensive professional career, Corvin led several German aircraft manufacturers such as Extra, Remos, and Econoflug to exits with international investors both in the UK and US and managed a small mid-cap test investor. Building on his experience as CEO, COO and Managing Director, Corvin founded Skyrose in July 2019. His mission today is simple, building the automated Skyrose system that enables advanced air mobility to scale with a powerful team of industry experts. Corvin, thank you so much for joining me on the EVTOL Insights podcast. Thanks for having me, Jason. Many congratulations to you and the team on the rebrand into Skyrose from D3 Technologies. Are you able to tell our audience a bit more about this, this move? Well, we found out the hard way that the lovely title of D3 Technologies was not very much a speaking title. It didn't tell a story and we're terribly pleased to be able to announce our transition or rebranding to Skyroads. Of Skyroads is a name that that has a built-in program. We are building the roads in the sky for whoever needs them in the future. We're paving road to automation, and uh, we're really happy to be able to use this name in the future and build on the story it tells. For our audience, we know D3 as it was before the rebranding, but for those who might be unaware, are you able to tell them a bit more about Skyroads and the role that you hope to play in the advanced air mobility market, both now and in future? Well, Jason, as we've discussed in the past, flying above our cities will be different from flying as we know it today. In the future, flying will be automated machine work, no pilots, very few controllers. This essentially means lower cost, more room for passengers, but also a system that must make no errors. It will take uh, infrastructure to create automation in, in flight, visible infrastructure like airports, vertiports, uh, takeoff and landing pads, but also invisible infrastructure like traffic control, um, essentially the roads, rules and traffic signs in the sky. And Skyroads is building these virtual roads, rules and traffic signs. And our mission is to enable Advanced air mobility, as we like to call it nowadays, to scale for real and for all. Brilliant. No, thanks ever so much for that, Corvin. And it's it's a really important topic, isn't it? The, the air traffic management and, and what Skyroads is doing as well, because I know a lot of people that are very excited about this industry, we included, talk a lot about the aircraft, the, the vertipads, as you mentioned, and the infrastructure. But air traffic management is, is going to be so important to, as you said, scaling up the advanced air mobility market. How important is this um, as we start to see the, the industry gather that momentum? Well, Jason, extremely important uh, from my point of view. 
let's talk a little bit about the, the challenges we see and then about maybe later on about what, what we want to do in order to address those challenges. Urban airspace is dense and complex. Um, we're expecting many vehicles in the air serving a multitude of ports close to the public. Think busy streets in three dimensions. Air traffic control today requires human pilot pilot controller interaction, which is expensive and not scalable to the urban or advanced air mobility requirements. Um, and there has been no easy on-demand solution proposed by industry so far to enable taxi-like or scheduled urban air traffic. And even the regulatory roadmap suggests that the infrastructure for the unmanned operations of passenger traffic have not adequately been addressed so far. So our platform aims to be a fail-safe and automated flight management system. And um, I'm, I'm happy to discuss what that entails, but basically we want to connect smart vehicles with intelligent infrastructure, enabling this entire industry to scale soon and safely. Perfect. No, thanks ever so much for that, Corvin. And, and just following on to from the answer you just mentioned there as well, it'd be really good to sort of get an idea of how that service will work or how the, the, the work that uh, Skyroad is doing as well. Are you able to paint a, a picture, so to speak, of how you feel that it will work when the uh, industry is, is at a level where we are seeing those commercial services? Let's talk a bit about what we need to see in the way of effects and services and then maybe later on about how uh, what the architecture behind that could be essentially we all need to understand that transporting humans for compensation is one of the toughest tasks you can give yourself anything that makes uh, machines and humans interact with each other is what we term a safety critical system in other words the safe operations of vehicles or technological elements in the presence of human or even carrying humans safety is paramount is critical and needs to be conclusively proven to the certification authorities but at the same time we're taking pages out of the current aviation landscape we we know what is required in order to enable air traffic control in the larger sense at the same time we want to apply some kind of uh, modernized principles to it um, so what do we need to do we need to maximize airspace potential that means for any given a volume of airspace, we have to make sure that we use it as efficiently as possible, while at the same time safeguarding public interest, minimizing impact and emissions and ensuring safety. It's quite clear that cities uh, will not allow everyone to fly from anywhere to anywhere. There will be corridors, um, they will be centered around the available landing spots and cities will try to keep traffic together um, in order to minimize kind of visual obstruction, et cetera. So using airspace efficiently is quite important. And in the European context, context that previously was known as network management, but quite simply, how do you put as many vehicles through as little airspace as possible? So that's one of the functions that we need to be looking at. At the same time, we need to allow diversified use. There will be different types of vehicles with different use models, individual vehicles, fleet operated vehicles, um, vehicles with pilots, without pilots, and all of these need to coexist safely. We all understand that in order for this to work in the end, a high level of automation needs to be achieved. And while pilots will be involved initially, either as remote pilots or pilots on board, we need to enable them 
to step off board and leave the scene eventually. And any system that is coming up will need to support that avenue. And last not least, we need to provide the potential for sharing infrastructure in order to reduce vehicle cost and maintenance costs. So there are a number of issues that we need to achieve here. And it's an exciting challenge. As you can see, there is a lot that we need to solve fairly simultaneously. No, I completely agree with you, Corvin, as well. There's so much, so many different branches to this, this wide ecosystem as well. And we're really excited to see what the future holds as well. Are you able to tell our audience um, a bit more about an insight into how developments are coming along with sort of Skyroads and the work that you're doing at the moment? Well, we're very happy with where we are. We've been a little faster than we originally planned to be. We have tested the prototype of our system in flight test in southern Germany, and we performed a, a public or a semi-public demonstration a few weeks ago and are looking at another demonstration at the end of November showing increased capabilities, in particular with regards to managing several vehicles at the same time. We are planning a flight test area in southern Germany that will enable multiple vehicle developers to use that area with uh, infrastructure that we provide for their own flight tests. And we've built a fairly powerful consortium around that. And so we're, we're extremely happy with where we stand. And we're looking forward to actually making flight testing more accessible for a larger number of vehicle developers in the near future and use that as a stepping stone to rolling out our system commercially. Brilliant. No, that sounds really exciting, Corvin. So we'd love to hear more as and when more details becomes available from that as well. And I just wanted to just get your thoughts as well. And uh, I know you, you published a, a blog back in August uh, of, of last year, which, which expanded on a new story about the need to start public investment in legislation. You, you talked a little bit about it in our conversation earlier as well. But I don't know whether you might be uh, able to share these thoughts again with our audience. And, and you, you make a very good point, as I said, about the need to start that public investment and, and to real make the this industry how we want it to be and, and the reality that we want it to be too. I, I don't know whether you might be able to share your thoughts on, on that if possible. Absolutely. Um, if I remember correctly, I made several points at the time, but you mentioned the two main ones. It was the need for speed in regulation and the involvement of public spending to create common infrastructure. And, and these points remain very valid. Regulation must support industry and the lack of federal or federated regulation or international consensus on further development can lead to very fragmented approaches uh, that in some might slow down momentum because people are working in very individual directions that will not create an interoperable environment uh, later on. I am, however, quite hopeful that this coordination might take place informally, even if it's not managed on, a, on, on federal or, or multinational platforms like EASA or the FAA. And I think that uh, individuals have an opportunity of establishing best practices that industry then can follow. And that's exactly where we'd like to see ourselves. Also, what I'm, I'm very happy to see with regards to the common infrastructure topic is that there is increasing competition by national and regional authorities to support adoption of advanced air mobility. You've heard about the Canadian programs. Um, there are very interesting projects going on 
in Central America, in the Middle East, in the Far East. Northern Italy has an interesting program. And that actually puts a public interest back in the driver's seat and will help us to create open and interoperable systems that will then again encourage competitive search for the most efficient solution. But again, it's quite important that the public gets involved or public bodies get involved from a very early point on to make sure that the developments do conform to what the public is looking for. Completely agree, Corvin. And I know we've had many conversations with previous guests on these podcasts about bringing the public in on the ride with us to make advanced air mobility a reality as we want it to be too. With the fact that COVID-19 hopefully is now at a stage where we can do sort of these face-to-face industry events and also events where we can actually bring the public along to, to sort of see what we're trying to do as well. I mean, how important could that be then, do you think, in the next year or so, for example, if we're doing events uh, that's allowing the public, whether it's a demonstrations or exhibitions, just to show them what we, what we plan to do? Because I imagine it's really trying to teach them and, and tell them a bit more about what we're trying to do. So the work that Skyroads is doing, for example, with its, air, air, with its air traffic management system, to the likes of those that are building aircraft. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on sort of the, the need to bring the public together to, to, to events like this and how they can have such an impact in making the industry as, as successful as we want it to be. Well, I, I think there are multiple aspects to the, the question you just asked, Jason. One of them is public acceptance itself is a reasonably individual affair. So uh, it's the sum total of, of the sentiments of the individual. So it, it is really incumbent upon us to make what we're doing visible to the public and, and make visible the, the benefits that that could provide. So I'm, I'm very much with you that we as an industry need to get out there and show what we can do, where the benefit lies that we can support, that we can prove that we are Um, serious about minimizing impact, creating sustainable transport modes. That is a discussion that needs to be had. There will be detractors, but we also see that there are a lot of people out there. I would call it a solid majority of people out there who are actually excited about the opportunities that what we're doing can offer. At the same time, we do need the involvement of public bodies because they can formalize the requirements. So basically, the acceptance by the public, again, is the sum total of individual sentiments, but channeling the development and making sure that we conform to what the local regulators and the local political bodies expect for their cities, uh, for their regions, um, to, to make that visible and for us to comply with it, we need to be in very close contact with them. And ideally, we would actually develop our roadmaps with their massive input. So anything that supports that, Jason, any opportunity to meet, to talk, to have a, an unbiased but, but in-depth discussion about the, the uh, options, opportunities and challenges is very welcome. So we support that. Brilliant. No, th- thank you ever so much for that, Corvin. Really good points, um, as always, as well. And it just leads me on to say, as well as the public acceptance, we know the industry is, is very much of a collaborative nature rather than a competition uh, nature as, as well. And with that in mind, I know that Skyroads has recently announced recent 
new partnerships, I understand, with Wally Mobility, as you mentioned, in Italy, Vaughan Vehicles in Latin America, but also I believe you're a member of the Canadian Air Mobility Consortium as well, all three companies of which do a brilliant amount of work in the industry as well. I wondered whether you might be able to tell our audience a bit more about, uh, if we could start off with the partnerships with Wally Mobility and Vaughan Vehicles, for example, uh, and then tell us a bit more about sort of the work that you'll be doing with uh, the Canadian Air Mobility Consortium as well, as I understand that's, uh, that's very exciting work as well. Absolutely. Let me, let's talk a little bit about why we think these partnerships are so important. Number one, as, as you said, making this whole thing work is a compound of, of different aspects. It's the, the visible infrastructure, the invisible infrastructure, it's the vehicles, it's the use models, it's the customer interaction, it's the, it's the, the business models behind the services that are supplied. And the only way forward is for the different actors here to come together. So what we are seeing is that if entities form that promote concrete embodiments of advanced air mobility in a certain a specific location, and if they take on the responsibility for collecting the the, the public assurances and, and certifications and, and permissions to go forward, it makes it very much easier for the technology providers to provide the the technology that fits that actual situation and i think one of the very exciting developments in our industry is the fact that regions are understanding that they have a role to play in shaping this mode of transportation by actually formulating what they want locally and both Avale in Italy and Varan in Colombia have done their homework. They have, they have seen to it that there can be permissions for certain types of operations. They are trying to specify the type of operations they're looking for. They're looking for the right vehicles to provide that service. And they're looking for the right infrastructure background like us, like the air traffic management providers to hold things together. So the, the, the role of regions um, cannot be underestimated in providing direction to the development. Now, you asked about uh, the Canadian initiative. The Canadian initiative is extremely valuable because they're taking a very high-level approach to this. And uh, they're together with uh, under the leadership of Hyundai and a number of other very powerful players, we are designing a roadmap for a national rollout for advanced air mobility, um, serving underscheduled areas for um, providing services that were previously not available, and at the same time decarbonizing industrial approaches, uh, serving the, the native industry there. So they've put together a very ambitious program and put together a very powerful team. And we're terribly proud to be part of that. And, and we're investing considerable amount of effort to support that very worthwhile effort. As we know, the industry is going to scale up with commercial services, hopefully within the next three years as well. With the partnerships that you mentioned with the Canadian Air Mobility Consortium, Wally Mobility and Vaughan Vehicles, is there potential for more partnerships for SkyRoads to work with more companies to, to make uh, advanced air mobility a reality? Absolutely. And there are a number of very exciting partnerships that are being um, negotiated right now, uh, negotiated meaning that uh, everybody has agreed that we want to work together and we're looking at the details and the, the scope of the collaboration. So you'll be hearing some exciting news from us in the very near future. 
a lot of uh, really interesting white papers that I've read from the industry that talk about the potential for urban air mobility, so to speak. But I understand that Skyroads also released a white paper entitled Air Traffic Control for Urban Air Mobility last year. Does Skyroads plan to do more of this in the future? And also, it'd be really interesting to get your thoughts on how you feel white papers are good for sort of industry professionals like myself that just want to learn more about this industry because as I'm sure you know there's there's a lot to take in isn't there I confess to being surprised at how um, useful the white paper was that we published we had seen that as a bit of a formal exercise initially but we've had extremely encouraging response a lot more people read it than we thought and were even able to quote from it so we have taken that as our cue to make a fairly regular exercise of that. So keep your eyes skinned. We will be publishing an update uh, for that in the next quarter. We feel that it is a very good basis for informing discussion. You know, in general, you, you don't make terribly political statements in a white paper, but you give a view of how things could come together. And that's always a good basis for discussion because, you know, other players may have differing sentiments about the bigger picture and it provides very valuable background for discussion and um, what we'll be doing next time is we will be trying to collate recent industry thinking and regulatory efforts into kind of a bigger picture and and then derive what we think is required for air traffic management in the future and we're quite hopeful that this will trigger um, even more fruitful discussion so to answer your question, we're very much onto that and we're quite excited about what's happening and we're looking forward to sharing it with anyone who is interested. Great stuff, Corvin. Well, absolutely. I think it's a really important topic and uh, it's it's great to hear the feedback you've had from your first white paper as well. And I'm sure it will be the same for the second one that you release very soon as well. I know you touched upon it at the start of our conversation, but it seems like it's going to be quite a busy end of the year for Skyroads and into 2022. Are you able to uh, just sort of elaborate a bit more on the, the roadmap uh, sort of for, for 2022 when start to get quite busy, I imagine, as well? We have found out that we're always busy, but sometimes we're even busier than busy. Um, you, you, you pointed that out quite nicely. Um, we have just been able to collect a very nice uh, bridge round from our existing shareholders that give us a good runway into the future. And uh, we're in the process of going into what we call uh, round A financing in the towards the end of the first quarter of 22. So that will keep us or keep some of us busy. And at the same time, we are very much into uh, rolling out or our prototype to a larger flight test area in Southern Germany, where again, as, as I mentioned earlier, we are collaborating with a number of vehicle developers who want to use a test area equipped with our navigation equipment as their flight test opportunity. And we hope that as this expands, that can be an option for for many, many more um, who are interested in flying their vehicle in a semi-realistic environment, substantially beyond a line of sight and uh, with traffic management capability that actually allows different vehicles to be flown at the same time and different operations models to be tested there. So this is all starting in the, in Q1 of 22. We expect uh, to have 
tested um, the installations by the end of next year and go into first flight operations with multiple vehicles as of early 23. And that's, of course, quite an exciting window on, on how things can come together in the, in the years that you mentioned, you know, commercial operations, 25, 26, 27 and further. They need to be supported by this kind of traffic management. And we seem to be on a very good way to make that possible. Great stuff, Corvin. And you kind of answered my next question, really, which was just if you were able just to sum up what you think we'll be seeing in the next couple of years as well, because I know many people that I've spoken to say that it's we're going to start seeing that moving stage where we're going to start seeing progress in certification, in regulations. Now, we know that it's all not going to be done at the same time and it's going to take a long time to get there. But I don't know whether you might be able to finish off our conversation just by giving your thoughts on what you've seen in the industry so far and, and you know, just to give a bit of a, a, a sort of a, a final thought so to speak as to what the industry is as, as you've seen in the industry and, and any sort of points you wanted to raise just before we finish our conversation today i'd like to end this on a, on a very positive note jason i mean what what we're seeing is people were afraid of consolidation in the industry maybe kind of uh, suggesting that a certain hype cycle had already been been passed i do not see that i i see I see the excitement in the industry building and what makes me um, very positive about what we're seeing is that there's realism setting in and at the same time we're seeing increased efforts in, in making things come true on a, on a fairly realistic basis. So yeah, there always will be dreamers and it's good that we have dreamers, but the early movers are moving into certification of their vehicles. They're starting to understand that whatever you propose needs to be certifiable so a lot of realism is creeping in and that but at the same time you know often when realism creeps in things get a little slow and but we're actually seeing um, the speed picking up so we have we have two good things going on realism is coming in and things are speeding up so i'm terribly excited about where this industry is taking us Excellent. Corvin, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you ever so much for, for talking to me. Just one final thing. For those that might be listening to this episode and want to talk a bit more about Skyroads or even get in touch and, and see how they can work with Skyroads going forward, what would be the best way to get in touch with Skyroads? Visit our website, skyroads.com. There is a contact section there and we'd be terribly pleased to hear from all of you. Excellent. Corvin, thank you ever so much. Um, really appreciate your insights and I'm sure our audience will too. Um, keep up the great work. Many congratulations once again on the rebranding and we very much look forward to hearing more exciting work with Skyroads in the near future. Thank you very much, Jason. Look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to be featured in one of our podcasts or there's something you feel we should be talking about, then please send me an email at editorial at evtollinsights.com. We'll be back soon with another episode, so look out for it on whichever podcast platform you use. Goodbye.